Today's podcast is presented to you by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you'll get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co. That's again, podgo, P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. And be sure to add the Social Work Rants podcast in the How Did You Hear About Podgo section of your application. Disclaimer, this podcast is not to be a substitute for individual therapy. If you need assistance, call 911 if you're in the U.S. or any emergency phone number. If you need help, if you feel depressed, anxious, reach out to someone. This podcast is for educational or entertainment purposes only. Thank you. Social workers, mental health professionals, and change agents, welcome to another episode of the Social Work Rants Podcast. I'm your host, Bass Moreno. Thank you for tuning in to another episode. Thank you for listening wherever and however you're listening to the podcast. Uh, Make sure you like, subscribe, share podcast episodes, leave comments, especially on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Wherever you can leave a comment, uh, please do uh, let me know uh, what your thoughts on guests, episodes, who do you want to uh, have on 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 the podcast. Uh, just let me know. Uh, feedback is greatly appreciated. Uh, you can follow the podcast on Instagram at the Social Work Rants Podcast. That's all one word. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Social Work Rants. You could uh, type in the Social Work Rants podcast on Facebook. Hit the like button. Um, as long as Facebook and Instagram are working, uh, considering this, this week uh, a, a huge worldwide outage. So I would highly recommend you, uh, if you don't have Twitter, open up a Twitter account. Use the hashtag social work Twitter. Um, there's so many great, wonderful social workers, mental health professionals on Twitter doing amazing work. Uh, it's a great community. Uh, we actually do Zoom uh, meetups once a month. Uh, so it's a great way to connect and network with other social workers throughout the country. So speaking of social workers doing amazing work, this week's episode features uh, the two ladies of the Millennial Therapist podcast with Mao and Now. Uh, one is a uh, Air Force veteran and the other one is currently in the Air Force. Has a, an active duty uh, social worker uh, state station in Arizona. And uh, Mao is a uh, veteran and she's lo- in 
resides in Guam doing social social work out in Guam. So so we thinking of outside the box in season three. We 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 trying to reach people in the, all over the world. So um, and, and for every, anybody listening to the podcast that is not a social worker, we do more than take away kids. We do more than just do therapy. Uh, we do a lot of stuff in the in, in the gamut. So. But they do uh, um, do therapy, and their podcast is a true crime uh, forensic psychology podcast, and they use uh, social work, some of their episodes, uh, and see use real life uh, case examples like Casey Anthony uh, for for those in America. That was a a, a big huge case, and they. Know, dissect the person through a social work lens. So it was very interesting. They talk about their podcast, their work, um, you know, the Air Force in social work, uh, living in Guam, uh, how how was uh, how they dealt with uh, the COVID pandemic uh, 2020 into 2021. So we talk about a lot of different things. Uh, I hope you enjoy and this is the last episode that I've done using the recording through the Anchor app so I'm going to record segments through Anchor but from after this episode all my all the following episodes I got coming out are all done on Zoom so the podcast will be on YouTube, I've been trying to work on the YouTube page a little bit, slowly but surely. Uh, uh, I gotta learn how to edit videos and do all the stuff. So slowly but surely, but I'm releasing the episodes on YouTube. So that's another outlet uh, in, for you to listen and see my face and see my guest's face and. Instead of just pictures, so you know, a great way for for those diehard listeners of the podcast to engage with the podcast and let me know what you think of it. So enjoy, stay safe. You know, we still in a pandemic, so y'all know what you need to do. You know, just keep each other safe. Um, Show your vaccine cards if you're vac- vaccinated. If not, show your COVID test, negative COVID tests. Respect other people's boundaries. Wash your hands. Use hand sanitizer. Just be safe. Think. Don't just, don't just think about yourself. Think of others. And there's a lot of people walking around with trauma due to loved ones lost because of the pandemic. So just be safe. Be smart. Respect other people. I'll talk to y'all soon. Thank you um, both, uh, ladies, for, for coming on the podcast. I, I truly appreciate it, uh, especially on, on a Sunday that you guys could be doing literally like anything. <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate you you are having us on. No, no, of course. I'm glad we can make this happen. So mm-hmm. uh, uh, let, um, it doesn't matter who goes first, let uh, mm-hmm. everybody. 
you know the listeners know who you are and what you do and our wonderful and exciting field of social work. <laughs> yeah, of course. So this is Mao. So uh, Mao and Nao, we're both um, licensed clinical social workers, therapists. So we are the co-hosts of the Millennial Therapist podcast with Mao and Nao, which is a true crime forensic psychology podcast. But we talk about a lot of different things. Um, we cover paranormal conspiracy theories, cults, social work stuff, mil- um, uh, military mental health cultural humility and the reason why we chose to one name it millennial therapist was because we noticed when Neo and I met um back in California we had a lot of really great like common um parts of our lives you know being first first generation American kid kids um women of color I was a veteran or I am a veteran I served in the Air Force and Neo currently serves in the Air Force now um and just kind of like talking about how we navigate through the world in in that lens on top of being therapists and social workers and we just wanted the world to know that there's so much more to us as humans and therapists and that we can connect to people and that like mental health care can be accessible and less intimidating. Um, We talk a lot about really like decolonizing mental health also and and decolonizing the wellness um, that has been put onto the world. So we do that through just a fun, interesting way of like breaking down serial killers psyches and just the true crime stuff so yeah so that's that's us um i myself mao have a private practice that i do online i'm licensed through massachusetts and hawaii um and that's reset and resilient wellness so yeah that's that's on my end so i'll let nao take over uh, hey, y'all, this is Nao. I am a co-host of the Millennial Therapist Podcast, as Mal said. And um, right now, I am an active duty social worker. I was working with the outpatient veterans clinic prior to that. And so, um, like Mal explained, when we first came together and met each other, we had a lot of things in common. So we just wanted a platform where we can discuss the complexities of that. And here we are. <laughs> mm-hmm. That that's amazing, and uh, thank you both for you know, for your service, um, and continue doing the, the great work that that you're doing. And I, I've seen a lot of some stuff during my uh, summer of job searching, of you know stuff you know opening up with with the VA. It's so hard to get into, but once you mm-hmm. get in it, it's like. All right, it's like a, a job for for life, pretty for much. For life, yeah, <laughs> like till you die. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I've seen stuff like opening up, and I've seen other mm-hmm. stuff, um, you know, help, helping like caregivers of serve mm-hmm. you know, and and being like social workers for the caregivers who, who serve. But you, you know, uh, I don't know if you, you could share you know, more about that. Have you seen seen that? Like, what what is it like being a a social worker who's also been a part or is a part of the Air Force. Yeah. Um, so in my in my social work training, my second year of the grad program, I interned at the VA hospital in um, right outside of Boston in Bedford, Massachusetts. So it was nice to see that the VA was starting to 
improve their services. Like you said, it, it's hard to get in as, as um, like a, a professional because it's pretty like highly sought out because the pay is really good. The benefits are really good, um, which 40 years ago, like they used to threaten like young graduates of like, I'm going to send you to the VA. And they're like, no. <laughs> so now it's nice to hear that. Like um, it's, it's definitely, there's a shift also in the type of care and the culture because it's such young, young professionals providing the care for the veterans. Um, in my experience, we had a lot of like, maybe like 40 and younger social workers providing services. So they're, they're not burnt out, right? They're like still fresh and motivated to provide care. So that was nice to see the part that I was like, I don't think I could do this at this time as a professional was just the bureaucracy that comes with any job agency. So that was where I was like, uh, I may have to pass right now <laughs> on right. that end. Yeah. Where, where, where are you currently stationed at in the air force? So I'm, the, I'm in Guam. Okay. Yeah. I'm in Guam for right now. And then NAO's in the South Southwest. Um, okay. Yeah. So we're, we're all over. <laughs> <laughs> So I know you you touched on uh, briefly like I don't know anything uh, about Guam or mm-hmm. other other than is uh, an American territory. But right. if you could like, explain to to people how's life in Guam, uh, you know what what do you see, especially in terms of the current situation with COVID? Like oh yeah, just t- I mean, tell us about, about Guam. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So Guam really, I mean, I was very ignorant to kind of the even just the like everyday life and the history of it. So for me, I can definitely see the very like heavily colonized um, influence on Guam. And we're starting to see more of that about Hawaii, too. Right. A lot of more more Hawaii natives are talking about like how people the tourism is really like messing up the island so with guam i'm seeing like the, the disparity is awful in healthcare, in education in jobs and a lot of it has to do with just how the u.s has really put um their hold and kind of i don't know i feel like gatekeeping a lot of the funding and then um because it's a territory like the folks are citizens but they can't vote um, so, you know, kind of like with Puerto Rico and all. Yes, the Puerto Rico is exactly. You, t- exactly. you take the words yeah. right out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of like it's such a clusterfuck because it, it really messes with people like I'm not enough, but I am. And yeah, so it's it's really messy. And then even with mental health care, it's so limited here with any social service. It's like very monopolized. Mm. Yeah, like pretty much like anything else, like you know, a lot of healthcare, especially here in the states, are mm-hmm. uh, you know become very you know, monopolized. So, mm-hmm. sp- especially in New York, uh, uh, it's definitely been more monopolized. Really? Even when I moved to uh, to Delaware, I started to see uh, like two or three hospitals. Like one pretty much has like the north part of Delaware on, on lockdown, and then like another hospital. Is like two hospitals are like fighting neck and neck for the right. southern part of Delaware. So yeah, mm-hmm. it's definitely you know, a lot of mon- monopolization going on. Yep. Yeah. 
So, so, so tell me about life in the Air Force. Is the only thing I know about Air Force is what they show in movies, which I'm sure is not <laughs> accurate. And anytime I'm a college football fan, so anytime Notre Dame plays the Air Force football yeah. team. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Nao, are you living the top, top gun life? Well, that's Navy, but... <laughs> Uh, now I really want to say uh, I spend most of my days behind a desk, not as exciting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, you know, living the social work life. Um, but I, I definitely feel that once uh, I, I entered the stage in my life, um, it was different from what was portrayed to me, like in the mainstream media, and even being a dependent because my partner was also, uh, they were uh, previously um, in the military. So, yeah, it was a big uh, reality check in many ways. <laughs> cool. Like, um, like, so, like, what, what are, um, you know, you're seeing, like, in, you know, in where you are you know, in the Southwest, like, what, what's going on? Besides being so hot from what I've seen on the news, but, uh, like, you know, some more about your work, what are you seeing uh, in social work that's not really talked about or like NASW is not bringing up? Like, like what are you guys you know, seeing in, in the field? I think one of the things that uh, we kind of connected on uh, when we first met was the way that um, we kind of approach culture humility mm-hmm. and what we're learning from the textbook actually translating into practice. And that's really with any population. So either be it military or like uh, survivors uh, of trauma or any any specific vulnerable population. Um, I, I think that's applicable too. Um, and so I'm actually from the Southwest. So it wasn't like a big geographical or climate change for me. Okay. And so, uh, like like any place, there's always limited mental health profession, mental health professionals to meet the needs of, of the region. Uh, more specifically, I'm, I'm from a border city, and so the the social issues there um, are quite a bit different. Like our reality is different. So being from a border city, um, what does that mean? So i I lived on uh, I lived uh, near the U.S. Mexico border. Ah, uh, okay. Mm-hmm. And so there, um, like I said, there's different like health disparities, different social issues. Um, and sometimes it gets magnified because of where we live. Um, more mm-hmm. specifically, the border city that I used to live in is one of the the major cities in in um, in the state front where I'm from. Um, but for example, like uh, like the funding is different. Um, the our, our community is different because we're Latinos, and mm-hmm. so so yeah, there's a lot of uh, specific aspects of that life. But you know, um, being from the Southwest. It holds similar values, but it's it still we we have to appreciate how different it cross over around states and communities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think that was a big piece, and in really what we've been talking about to different platforms, and a lot of times in our our own podcasts is the cultural humility of like so you know we go through grad school and they teach us cultural competency, you know, and it was really Nao that was mm-hmm. like. Is cultural competency actually the appropriate thing? Because you can't just take a CEU and be like, word, 
I'm competent in your culture. Like, talk <laughs> exactly. to me, you know, right? So, like, with cultural humility, like, that was really humbling and really grounding of, like, you know, I respect you. I respect your space. I respect your ancestors. And you are the expert. I'm not going to come in here and say, oh, I'm I'm competent. Because, like, that still comes from a very, like, you know, um, like a, a power struggle right of like no i i got you it's like i i don't though so let's yeah. stop pretending um so that's why we really really like having our platform where we talk about like ghosts and you know um with neo growing up in a mexican household of like el Cucuy, the mexican boogeyman and how that talks about um parenting styles right like i grew up with parents using like superstition to make me follow directions and clean my room so like you acknowledging those different nuances in people's lives is cultural humility because you're not saying like oh you you believe in ghosts you definitely are like you know psychotic or you're you have a psychosis um diagnosis so it's really honoring what the social work ethics tells us to in a more right. you know like human way yeah that, that that's awesome so that leads me perfectly to um my next question is uh, how uh how did you get uh started uh, you know with the podcast you know uh you know how long you, been, you guys been doing it uh, mm-hmm. and tell, tell, tell the listeners more more about your yeah. podcast of course so we so we started it I want to say December of 2020 is when we started recording so I have always wanted to do a podcast I just was like really like back and forth of what it wanted what it was going to be like I I really love true crime and forensic psychology and that was a big piece nail and I connected on I'm like literally like our first conversation we were talking about like aliens and Roswell and (laughs) the military (laughs) uh, covering shit up. So I moved to Guam and she went to her first duty station and we we were watching Unsolved Mysteries on our like watch parties together. And I was like, (laughs) we need a podcast. We need to talk about this. And she was like hella down. And so we started recording a bunch of um, episodes uh, December and then we launched March. So yeah, I want to say it's been... I don't know, five months. And it's yeah, mm-hmm. been a lot of fun. Um, so we bring in what we do is we bring in like one specific like serial killer or murder and and then talk about kind of like the so like the social climate culture was going on and then the, the DSM five, like not mm. just not justifying what that person did, but really looking at like you know, was this person you know antisocial? Um, do they have narcissistic tendencies? Were they in an abusive relationship? Um, right. So we covered like Jody, Jody Arias, Casey Anthony. Um, yeah, a bunch. Yeah, like kind of the bigger, bigger name ones just because they're so well known. But I feel like there's a lot of misinformation out there when it comes oh, yeah, to absolutely. diagnoses. Yeah. So, so, yeah. So it's not like you, you guys are, are trying to fun- look look at these people from a strength perspective (laughs) no i'm not (laughs) yeah they had really good organizational skills (laughs) (laughs) i will say though that i feel that when we're looking into these cases and these stories um i feel like our intent is not to center it around uh the the people that do this but really to try to 
honor the, the, the victim's lives and to really uh, center their story when we talk about them. Mm-hmm. I want to just completely disregard the pain and the suffering that the behaviors or these actions that these people did uh, yeah. caused. So uh, I think it's very ethically, it's very important to center their stories around um, the, the victims and really honoring and taking time and space to honor their lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, you know, especially, you know, you know K- let's give an example. The, the Casey Anthony, that was such a big story in, in America, kind of like took a life of, of his own and mm-hmm. and so 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 much you know that happened and with the court it was every day there was something going on and that's all people will never really you know will talk about so it's I think it's fascinating that you guys you know even talk about it and try to and looking at it you know through a lens of a social worker mm-hmm. and using using the DSM five and it's, it's almost like you know, the legal system needs, you know, someone from of a social work background to really like do these assessments and even something with with a case right. now with with uh, with uh, Britney Spears and and the stuff that she's going through with mm-hmm. her parents. Like, are you are you really need is like a uh, really a uh, independent psychiatrist to deem her she's capable to make decisions or not? What, what, yeah. what is what is what is so hard? Like so wild. I don't understand that at all. It's so yeah. That's so sad. That that needs to be a I whole other episode. I mean, it is. I mean, she's not helping her cause. Like recently, that she's like posing topless and putting it on Instagram. But no, what, if yeah. she's deemed appropriate to do that, but and, that's her. Yeah, it's her body. That's her, like exactly, this is like her, yeah. her body, her right, and right, and, and you know, and so it, it's just cases like that. That's no social work <laughs> needs to be like in there everywhere. doing something yeah and it needs to be everywhere <laughs> exactly like like pay top us. dollar not not yeah exactly not no measly like Mm-mm. 40 30 40, 40 yeah, something 40K, dollar. right exactly no <laughs> like i got an lm i got an lc like you need yep. to pay me <laughs> exactly and that's where like i think also where nao and i are really finding the voice to like advocate for this social work field and and, and telling because we have a lot of folks that aren't in the mental health field or social work field that listen which is great so we have a lot of public um you know listeners and they i think they really enjoy learning about what we do and what social workers are and that we're more than just kid kidnappers you know what i mean because they're like oh you take kids out of people's houses i'm like no i don't have the heart to be ds you know like i'm not strong enough to do uh, dcf work um so just just really educating them in a in a way where they'll remember like oh like you know that this is social work this is therapy and um that way it does advocate for our profession of like how valuable we are so when we do say nah i'm i'm gonna charge you 200 for a session for therapy it's not because i'm greedy but it's because we have this wealth of knowledge that could help you and you know sit with you um and really change the narrative of that like we're just these like saviors and you know we don't deserve to live a um comfortable lifestyle too because like that's not sustainable for us i didn't go and get a master's to be hella broke <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah no, uh, uh, absolutely and 
and and I love the fact that you know social workers, you know, I on Instagram and and Twitter. Twitter is an awesome resource mm-hmm. for social workers as well. Um, just about you know, knowing your worth, like even like myself, just like last week, like uh, you know, I I've seen like jobs. Strangely enough, have been more frank about about pay, which is that's um, good. which is great. Sounds like. Are you like pulling my leg or are you like you seriously mm-hmm. like like mm-hmm. asking me this is like a test and like all right like I want I want to make so I found myself like struggling like answering the, the questions like I'm I was making this in my last job like I want to stay this but you know mm-hmm. I I've been in the field long enough that you know there, there's budgets and you know contracts and just like that like yeah I work I'll work with you but you know I, I still need to get my money so I, I mentioned right. the, I mentioned a figure. They're like, okay, we could do that. I'm like, oh, oh, okay. Nice. Well, yeah. And, and honestly, it's a lot of work of sitting with that feeling because we have so much shit that has been internalized in us, right? In grad school and whatever that like, and we're not taught how to negotiate or, or sit with asking for what we know is our value. Like I started not giving a fuck, honestly. Like I was, and I'm in a privileged space. Like my husband is, you know, very stably, um, paid so i could say like now i'm gonna walk away if you don't give me what what salary i'm worth like i'm not gonna be like oh give me a million dollars because i know that's not your budget but um you know i i did walk away from a job that was super easy very low like low impact work for like so they're offering me 70 no 62k and i'm like no b like that's less than what i'm getting in the same position because it was like a contracting um it was a a change of contractors and they they were trying they played they were doing me dirty because they knew i was i was only a year out of like post licensure so i was i'm only a year like independently licensed so they used that Mm. to like tier me so they were like oh well you're only first here i was like okay but my military experience and that fact that i'm already in the job don't mean shit to you good luck finding somebody that wants to come all into the island to do that <laughs> so yeah. it's like no absolutely and they're like oh well what do you want i'm like 80k <laughs> like what do you mean what do i want <laughs> and they yeah obviously they didn't give it to me but but you know but at least at least they know like they can't push their own social workers you know what i mean like yeah giving that baseline of like nice try <laughs> Right, of course, and, and you know every state is different. Every state, you know, has like a different cost of living, and yeah, and, and even like uh, you know Guam and Hawaii, you know, that cost of living is different. So I know that was something that I was struggling with mm-hmm. when I first when I first moved from New York City, which is hella expensive, mm. to go to go to Delaware. Like I knew offhand the cost of living is a lot cheaper but at the same right. time like i've been in the field for quite a while right. and like and like even if i'm and you no know, i've taken pay cuts in the past and I, at least to get my foot in the door like hey mm-hmm. like uh, i finally got like some ex- delaware job experience that i'm right. willing i was willing to take something in the meantime and then like work my work my way up and so like it like I said, every every state is different, but it's still like whatever the top tier is and your LLC, like like get your money and, and you right. mentioned social you mentioned social work school, like I 
you know, they need to do a better job of, of like not only focusing, okay, on getting your license and become a therapist, like, or uh, do, you know, clinical, open your own practice. Like, there's a, there's so much more stuff now out there, mm-hmm. out there to do. Like, I, I never wanted to, like, open up. I did for, for a little bit, uh, one my own practice, but that never came and I never needed the, the license and you know, I was mm. making no no good money un- until recently I, I finally got my LM and then I got my LM and, and then they're like okay when you get in your LC I'm like bro you need to you need to relax like, <laughs> can I breathe <laughs> so I go from like okay maybe I will never take the, the LC and then like okay when you take your LC you're like yeah, yeah I need to relax <laughs> mm-hmm. So and there's so many like social workers into like entrepreneurship and stuff like that, and now trying to bring like more of the entrepreneurship aspect out. Uh, you know, moving forward, uh, going into like season three of my my podcast and having more of those discussions that mm-hmm. were not being uh, you know brought up in uh, in grad school. So. Mm-hmm. And then I've, I've noticed just within like the last couple of years of uh, like the dis- disparity of like of jobs for LCSWs compared to LMs and then masters. And so like, okay, you go to school, you get your masters and you get, you're in all this debt and then there's, Right. You got to get a license, you got to get a license before you Right. Make, and it's uh, minimum two years. Yeah. So it's. It's it's insane, and I hope uh, that that changes within the field. And yeah, and I, I know that's going to be a work in progress. So, so I that that's where 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 I'm at with this podcast, and I'm glad you know you guys are talking about that. You know, with your you know military experience and just mm-hmm. uh, you know, the forensic stuff that you guys are talking about, and and yes, we as social workers do more than remove kids from from homes. Yeah. So. <laughs> even sure. I, even I was working in the school district they're like why and like I get the te- I get like the parents be like why did the counselor refer me to a social worker <laughs> like right. they had this like, like the stigma of the do? social worker mm-hmm. <laughs> like, which I didn't know here? I didn't know that like well I didn't realize that DCF um or like CPS wherever you know what state you're from um yeah. i didn't know that those folks like their case managers call themselves social workers despite not having an msw yeah it depends on, on the state like uh yeah like i didn't um i didn't have like that that issue at least the beginning that was like so long ago when i was in the field mm-hmm. that's the first thing i did um work in foster care um I wasn't um, removing the kids. I was you know, right. trying to get the kids to go back, go back home, if, if being appropriate. But I didn't, I didn't, you know, see that. No, I knew a couple of people who like went to school to get their masters, like mm-hmm. from from the ACS you know, level or or supervisors. Like I, I think that was the reason why I went to get my masters was I saw supervisors had just graduated with their MSW and being promoted to. The supervisors right, so like right. all right i guess that that's going to be the, the next move is the the next step. <laughs> so but i i think that the uh you know job protection of social worker has been talked about a lot recently and and i know 
I'll give you an example here in Delaware. I, I know that they were like, like you could, like I was grandfathered in as a as a LM. That's how I I, mm. I, I got in. Um, they had a program and it, it expired uh, this past June. So now you have to like kind of like take the exam again. But anybody could have been like grandfathered in if you worked in a social worker field. So like the only difference with me was like I already have like my my MSW. So like I already have and my almost 20 years of experience. So I was able to to get in based on my experience. I'm a legit social worker. Yeah. So like like even like um uh at the the school at the school that I worked at, they're like, oh opening up the position of of a social worker, the supervisor changed the job title and but you were, were it was doing the same work I was already doing, but opening up mm-hmm. so that other people could apply for the position that weren't necessarily social workers and we were like explaining that to him like like no like it has to you have to have social workers and like you also there's a um a huge population of uh, no immigrants that are that are coming in and uh there's a lot of guatemalans and Mm -hmm. um in, in the area that that i live at and like they you know can't read and write in Spanish, like they need a lot of assistance and they're and they're afraid of, of you know being deported back to their, their country. Right. Um and a couple of uh, Colombians as well. Mm-hmm. So like you like opening up to everybody, like where are you gonna find a Spanish speaking right. <laughs> licensed social worker? Like it's it was just few and far few and far between. Like they're out mm-hmm. there, but you know. So it, it it was a lot of that that we tried to talk to like the supervisor about, but it, it to to no avail, you know the the the, the white <laughs> the white the white privilege running amok. So it's, yeah, it is what it is. So, mm-hmm. but but it's stuff out there, you know, title protection. I, I know even um, right. NSW has been talking about it, and uh, and social work has been talking more about it because there's like for some reason a shift in the field, and it's like no, like you have to. You know, you got to be able to relate to people, like you mentioned earlier. Relate to people, like it's just base, it's just basic decency of you know a human being and providing mm-hmm. like, empathy and stuff like that, which is yeah, kind of been lost in our society. Uh, well, yeah, and there's a lot of like gatekeeping too. Like I saw a post on Instagram, which like Instagram actually has been like a great inspiration for Neo and I to create the podcast we're seeing because that's where we recognize like oh we're not the only ones like bucking what we learned right like we we talked about in not using the words now but just like unlearning <laughs> things yeah. that was presented to us in grad school and and seeing like you know melanated social work on there was like huge because they talked about like boundaries and then um no I, I know you mentioned was it brown girl therapy Mm-hmm. yeah yeah she was she's awesome I think she's based I don't know I think she's based out of the states um but just yeah just talking about how different we, how different we practice in in the field you know boots on the ground compared to what they were teaching us in schools and um 
and and then recognizing like there's a there's like why is it so hard to be a licensed social worker or therapist right like you have to get your master's then you have mm-hmm. to do two, you know field placement so you can't work um or if you do like you're busting your ass then you have to get your clinical hours and if your job doesn't provide those clinical supervision hours you have to pay for that and that's yeah. like hella expensive so it like why and then you get paid shit like <laughs> <Exactly>. why <laughs> Like, I feel like you have to be hella privileged, right? Or like, not not privileged, like, you you have to find ways to be a social worker. Um, like, I was lucky enough to do it as, as a veteran. So my school was paid for. Honestly, I don't think mm. I would have been able to do it without that. Like, I don't know how people do it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just a lot going on with it within the field and and, mm-hmm. and I'm glad people like mentioned you know talking about it more different people talking about it um and it's not only just in the states let's see like many social workers uh I'm in Canada talking about it and, oh nice and, and in England uh, talking about it uh, as well so it, it's just um the conversation continues to be had and yeah, and, and you mentioned melanated social work. They always put in, you know, the pressure on ESW, yeah. and it's like, all right, yeah, I gotta get it together. Yeah, I gotta help us. You know, you know, it comes, it comes from the top, and, and now, you know, mm-hmm. we're seeing, you know, many people. Um, I've seen people talk about it, talk about um, just using social work field and social work um, skills into uh, entrepreneurship stuff and yeah maybe get, getting you know a job not necessarily you still have your social work training and your background but you're doing other stuff or you know whether it be in the field or not in the field and just it translate over so i was seeing more and more posts about that and which mm-hmm. was like oh i never thought i <laughs> thought about it like that and like oh mm-hmm. that's yeah that makes a lot of sense so it's so I've been seeing been seeing that a lot, and just within like the last year and a half, you know, learning about different things. I got into like the stock market and and you know, investing and, and other stuff, and I'm in the middle of, of writing right. my writing my book and uh, poetry book. So it's like nice. trying to just trying to come up with different ways and you know trying to get. There's multiple streams of right. income popping. That's not that's not right. just social work. And but also connecting to the people, right? Like also yeah. providing service in different ways. Like um, so healing strategy, um, Josie on Instagram, she's a New York City based therapist and, and business coach for therapists. And um, she's actually my business coach, and she she dropped some like real good gems of like you charge what you're worth in therapy, right? And don't sacrifice, don't sacrifice it there. Like if you want to provide service to a people, you can do it in other ways. You can do it in free, you know, psychoeducation on Instagram. You can do it in podcasts. Like mm-hmm. you don't have to give the person a reduced fee because right. you feel bad and you feel like they deserve more knowledge. You know what I mean? Like, and so that really like resonated with me of like, oh shit, like, because I was, lowering my fee or thinking about lowering my fee because i you know i felt guilty doing it but i'm like we're also we're also a business like yeah we're also a system too so 
um, that, yeah, like I think finding those different avenues is really a, a nice way of reaching out and connecting to people that you don't see from like the old breed of social workers, right? Like, yeah, at all. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I think what kind of played played a part also from like the balancing act of like knowing what you're worth but like you want to give back and mm-hmm. I think I think the pandemic plays somewhat a, a, of that ha- as well like you've seen so many people like lose their jobs and now like at least in the states like the refer- the housing referendum like as yeah. of this recording is like expiring or about to expire and depending on the state like it might be extended for a couple more months but people about to lose their their housing now and and now that's going to be even more uh, stressful for us as social workers in the field like so it's just like okay like we see all these people who are struggling maybe okay pay what i I seen like pay what you can or like yeah well, I do also see like no this is my feed like if you don't like it right. okay keep <laughs> keep it moving so I seen right. I seen both sides of the coin and it, it kind of you got to do what was best for you like, like yeah you're a business and you do well, it's right. ongoing if you're like starting out as a business like you, you know you got bill <laughs> bills to pay like mm-hmm. if you got an office like like there's office rent you know there's like insurance you got to pay right. for the business and, and all this stuff like you know, i wish it should be taught in social work so, like you want to open a private practice mm-hmm. this is the steps you got to take like well, depending you got to get right. a license in your you got to get a license in your state that costs money that you got to get insurance that costs money like and, what i think also too is we we a lot of the like guilt comes from like I want to save everybody, but it's like you literally can't save everybody. Like who do you think <laughs> yes. you are? I'm sorry, you know what I mean? Like cool, <laughs> you're helpful, <laughs> um, but like you can't you can't save everybody. That's why there's a you know a thousand social workers because there's gonna be a social worker for somebody, right? Like you you have to be aligned to your client, and your client has to be aligned to you to make it work. Like if you're just gonna take on everybody, then that's not sustainable. And how like yeah. helpful are you gonna be? Yeah, yeah, of course. And uh, uh, even within like my uh, own like job searches, like like I got hired for like a nine to five, and then also I got hired doing the doing telehealth, and it's like, you know, you, I'm, and then I'm trying to figure out like how many cases to to take, but at the same time, mm-hmm. got all this other stuff I'm doing, so I don't want to be like shooting myself in the foot, and, right? Like, like I know I can't. I, no, I've never really been into the field about you no know, saving people. There have been a couple of times, a uh, couple of instances I actually did like save people from like really like injuring themselves. But mm-hmm. I'm not like intentionally. I'm going to save this person today because this person right. needs the help and like whatever. But you know, I, I never for myself never went into the field. Um, you no, know, for that. So like, I think it's always funny that people have that assumption when they first or they do a co- uh, a job a career switch like i'm want to save people like <laughs> you're not gonna be able to save you just are you get, a lifeguard <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> just just get the skills that you need like and yeah then, like, do, do what you can right like do what and then what they need yeah and you know get your placements and learn something from it and ask questions or hopefully you're you go to mm-hmm. a good grad school that actually helps you 
find placement <laughs> and then uh mm-hmm. and go from there. Um so um how, where where could uh people uh, you know find you? Yeah, so Neo, I think we we have a Twitter, right? I, we've not been active on Twitter at all. <laughs> Yeah, well, we, we gotta we get active on Twitter. The social work Twitter is awesome. So <laughs> I I didn't even realize that until you said it. I'm like, oh shit, I've been sleeping. <laughs> That's on me, my bad. <laughs> but yes, we do have a Twitter and our initial episodes on there. So uh you can find us at at MT Podcast Mao Nail. And um we're also on Apple and Instagram. And I I feel, I'm surprised in how many platforms we are actually. Yeah, we're on like seven. <laughs> yeah, we're on seven different ones. But the yeah, the main ones where you can listen to us are um, Spotify and Apple, and then we're on like Castbox or um, iHeartRadio. But and then also on Instagram, you can find us at um, the handle at MT Podcast with Mao Neo, and then our link to our Anchor page is on there also, so you can listen to that. So yeah, we're on our second season. Um, we just finished up an episode on astrology and mental health, which was a fun one. It was just like a real informal open session. We had one of our friends. She's actually also active um, active duty military, and she has a lot of great like knowledge on astrology. So she was just telling us about our signs and then kind of like talking about how that can work into like therapy and how mm-hmm. it's an, an, just another guide and tool to provide insight. So, yeah, we do a lot of fun stuff. Cool. Um, I always ask uh, this question. Um, mm-hmm. How was how um, 2020 for you both? That's a good question, Neo. I'll let you. T- <laughs> I'll let you take that one. <laughs> oh man, where to even begin, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> um, it's definitely brought a lot of unprecedented change um, in the year 2020, and maybe we can relate on this now because. Uh, um, um, your spouse being active duty and us being in the mm-hmm. same residency class, um, we had to move. Uh, we had to do a PCS um, within that same year, and um, mm-hmm. I think we were six months in from when the from COVID nineteen yep. hitting, and so um, at that time we were stationed in the West Coast, and so you know it was hard because you a lot of your decisions just depend on, uh, on your job when you're in the military. And so, um, you know, sometimes your leave is limited because maybe your family lives in a hot zone. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes it's because you live in a hot zone. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so um, I feel like it was just a, a lot of adjusting, a lot of really keeping hope and faith that, um, you know, staying connected and using your local supports is, is, is going to help you through this. And I think that that was true for me. Um, mm-hmm. As far as like social work, it was, it was interesting because we just switched everything to telehealth. Right. Mm-hmm. So a lot of agencies that normally don't rely on telehealth, like CPS, uh, I saw some peers in the field having to adjust to that. So doing like virtual home visits and then providing that kind of collateral holding my court through, uh, through virtual visits and, all of it had to become pretty much virtual. So, so that was pretty new to us as well. Um, and then I guess, you know, um, I, I feel like there's just so much to cover and I, I didn't even know where to start and I just kind of jumped into it. 
But yeah, I think that there was a lot of takeaways from 2020. Yeah. Um, but as we're into 2021, and as you know, we're starting to learn new things. Like now, there's the Delta variant. Yes. Um, it's it's like ongoing adjustment and ensuring that we're keeping ourselves safe and and doing that, keeping others around us safe. Um, mm-hmm. Because really, it's the year of un- of unknown. Hmm. Yeah, I definitely piggyback on that. Like. I think 2020 for me was a lot of being able to sit with uncertainty. Um, I'm awful at that. And that was a lot of like my meditation therapy, mindfulness work um, is like sitting with just being uncomfortable. So, and, and sitting with like not knowing what literally next week is going to look like if we're going to be outside, if not um, the changes. So, yeah. So I, th- I think that, was really in a way like a, a, a t- like a, a test of like my capability to keep my shit together and I didn't for some parts and that was okay yeah that's uh all we can do is just take it one, one day at a time and yeah I know uh, this variant is and supposedly there's another variant that they talked about it for like two days on the news and then <laughs> they stopped oh, talking about it uh, so it's like there's a lot of back to the uncertainty and CDC is like mm-hmm. Dr. Fauci constantly changing like their minds like now everybody's vaccinated gotta wear a mask again and it's right. like that, all this back and forth from like okay I understand the science is changing and you're still trying to figure stuff out but it's like it's for me it's like getting annoyed like, like make up your minds what you right what you want to do and just you know the guidance because you know school school start is about to start mm-hmm. and you know, myself as a parent and then myself as a you know a worker as well like i need to like you know figure out how to you know protect myself protect my kids and mm-hmm. and and just even like you know right riding the train like i did today like and from like Antrac from Delaware to New York and like Del- and like Amtrak is like back full full capacity. So I'm like sitting next to somebody on the wow. train, like, like and I wasn't doing that like four or five six months ago. Like like I, I could put like all my stuff like on the seat next to me, and now like we all squeezed in together. It's like oh lovely. <laughs> like we all gotta yeah. wear we all gotta wear masks, but it, it's still not the same. And it's like right. and then right in the subway the, up here, and there's like some. A person sitting next to me with like no mask on, I'm like, I'm like, do I have to move? Like, go find another right. seat because it's like, it's just a, a crazy, crazy, you no know, time we live in, and, mm-hmm. and and a lot of parents got back to school shopping. Like, I need to get it together. We gonna go back on lockdown. Like, we need we need to save this money to for for our right. bills or something else. Because so it is what it is. One day at a time. You no, know, mm-hmm. no, thank you, ladies, for all the work that you are doing uh keep up the great work with 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 the podcast um and i thank you again for for your service in in the air force thank you well thank you for this platform i think this is awesome that you have this and 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 just yeah raising raising the our voices and bringing the community together so this was great yeah absolutely i i kind of like switched gears uh has uh, recorded more episodes with the podcast and just using the platform to 
to to bring out. There's there, like we said earlier, there's more stuff in social work than just like removing kids. Like, like mm-hmm. you guys are talking about forensic stuff and Air Force and putting social work skills in, in the Air Force. Like, no, no, nobody nobody talks about that. So it's mm-hmm. like, we got to bring 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 that out. So it's 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 awesome you know, talking to you and you, both of you. you know, stay safe and you know, we'll we'll connect on online. Absolutely. Yes, everything. Right. No problem. Have a good one. Bye. You too. Bye. Bye.